Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40. I think this is eight of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty. Today, Saturday, June 15th at 12 16 p.m., I am joined by my forever co host and Manu Shovering bro- brother in law, Ryan. What's up? Hey, so yeah, we, um, we had a busy day today. We shoveled about a ton and a half of horse manure. Literally. Yeah, for my dad's garden, and he went off to get another load. So we're recording in between. Probably get some food on the way to the second load of shit. What are you feeling? I really want some more Chipotle nachos. Dude, it's so good. Dude, you've you've changed I've converted me. you. Oh, you really have. So the magic I, I don't know where to put my hands. Combination. There's shit all over me. That's fine. I'm gonna just wipe there it is. on my face. Get into that beard. <laughs> the magic combination of Chipotle, if you're curious, this is an educational program if you uh don't remember, is to get Scoops, Tostitos wheat scoops, and then order a Chipotle bowl, and you just go to town, or, scooping that meat right in your mouth. Or you just get chips from there. If you don't, that's fine. Again, you got to be cautious. You got to go like right when they're open, so the chips are fresh. Yeah, I went in. I don't know. What, oh, I took a half day. So right after my half day, after the doctors, I uh, went and got some Chipotle, and then I was like, oh, they're like, do you want anything else? And I'm so used to saying no, I never get really the chips there. And I was like, oh, crap. And like I knew the guy, the manager, because I used to work with him way back in the day when I was in the restaurant industry. Mm. And um, I was like, hey, man, I forgot. Can I have some chips? He's like, yeah, on me. And nice. gave me some chips. I was like, oh, it's going to be a good day. Did you guys do like a nice chest bump or something? We fist bumped. Slap his ass? Yeah, I was like, good seeing you, Charlie. Nice. You German dog, you. <laughs> Till next <laughs> <Broadwurst>. time. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ryan, I was uh, a little lacking in caffeine for this, this podcast today. I feel and that. so we stopped at Wally World, Walmart, for people in the South. And I got keto coffee because we don't have enough keto stuff in the world. It's called Bang. Bang. Fuel your destiny! Exclamation <laughs> point. And it, it's kind of like those health. <laughs> Just pour so it look soupy. But it's for like, hey, you want low carb? coffee in a can <laughs> i mean isn't coffee already low carb <laughs> well this is like usually these have like 64 grams of car- uh, sugar. sugar yeah so this is keto coffee which is low carbs for the ketosis diet or mine's bcaa gotta love those branch chain amino acids yeah you do oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> just... uh-oh okay i gotta clean this up so, i just spilled some yeah it's making him inebriated just from the pastiness of mm, soaking up on that white place setting. <laughs> Orange just bought these, too. I was going to say, these look new. Yeah. They look nice. They do, yeah. Compliment your rug. They do. So I'm going to try this live on air. This bang, what flavor do we got here? Cookies and cream craze. <laughs> Ew, that's going to be gross. I got hazelnut. And it's like, it's not quite chalky, but cookies and cream, I've never had like a good, like fake cookies. Have you ever gotten like protein powder cookies and cream flavor? Oh, it's ass. (laughs) Tastes terrible. That or like vanilla uh, protein powder is really bad. That's the one I got. It's bad. Oh, well. I don't like it. Plug my nose. Uh, Let's see. Cookies and cream though is like, 
The but, uh, <laughs> peanut butter ones are really good. Like peanut butter protein powder. Okay. Yeah. By the makers of Dunkaroos and Fruit Roll-Ups, <laughs> Redline okay. Energy Products is back in town. Bang Protein Coffee is a revolutionary advancement over your traditional coffee drinks. Bang Protein Coffee rapidly increases mental and physical wellness and energy, energizing your day while feeding your muscles protein. Bang Protein Coffee is the ultimate brain and body-rocking fuel. 20 grams of protein, 300 milligrams of caffeine, BCAAs, and 1 gram of straight 8. And that's trademarked, by the way, so don't take that. Life is an extreme sport, and sometimes you need a fix. If you want the real fix and to get jacked, Bang is the extreme <laughs> energy source to live life extreme. You heard it here first, folks. And it's made in the U.S., so you got to make America great again. <laughs> Otaku Brothers, brought to you by Bang, Fuel Your Destiny, Keto Coffee. Yeah. We're looking for um, you to pay us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's give this a, a little swig here. Oh, so good. You know, it's not terrible. No. It's really not that bad. It's just not sugary. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd do this again. Well, good, because you got a second one. <laughs> <laughs> I did get two. So, Ryan and I have a fun show for all you fine folks out there. We're going to talk about E3, because that happened this week. Yep. We're not going to go through the whole thing, because there's a dozen podcasts and YouTube videos that are already doing recaps, and... We're just going to kind of go through the highlights, the things that impressed us most, surprised us most. And I made a list of the, if I could take five games away from E3 that I can play, like I can only play five of them, I made a list with some honorable mentions, of course. Then, as we promised last week, I ordered Chuck Klosterman's 50 hypotheticals, questions for insane conversations. If you're looking for more of Chuck Klosterman's work, you can find author, or you can find Eating the Dinosaur in Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs on Amazon. $9.99. We're also sponsored by Trent. <laughs> we are. His name's Chuck Ryan. Oh. <laughs> I did that, actually. I was trying to IM someone at, like, one of our plants. And, like, his name was Anthony. And I kept starting the thing Andrew. <sighs> Dude, that's, the more I drink it, the more the <laughs> shitty it tastes. <laughs> I kept trying to, like, IM Anthony. And I was just like, hey, Andrew. Like, <laughs> like completely botching his name and like there's a guy named uh swapnil s-w-a-p-n-i-l who he's indian okay and i started out my i am swamp nil <laughs> oh my and I was gosh like, i'm like i'm just botching this up did you and send then, it no i was like that's pretty insulting yeah and uh then i started out another thing to the same anthony guy i was like hey tony <laughs> and i was like <laughs> God, it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, it has been. Actually, work for me was a little bit uh, more crazy and intense than it typically is. Nothing yeah. overwhelming, but, you know, just a little bit more busier, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's got to like being busy. But uh, I figure we should kick off the show with talking through e- E3, Ryan. Yep. <laughs> we can <laughs> Dude, this stuff is so bad. Oh, gross. Try it for yourself. Yeah. It's the aftertaste, too. It, it is. It's like going down like real... like. It's very chalky. Yeah, that initial yeah, have taste Have you ever is eaten fine. chalk as a kid? All the time. Yeah, like you're drawing stars and stuff with the white chalk, and it, you're like, you, hmm, maybe it's vanilla. I drew dinosaurs. I was a little bit more, you know, creative than stars. <laughs> God, you're also kind of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into E3, Ryan. Yep, let's do it. So the first one, we watched together the Microsoft conference. Yeah, we did. I would say historically, Microsoft has been pretty bad. Yeah, like terrible. Borderline, what are you doing? 
it looked like they they didn't have a clear vision or direction with leadership clearly, mm-hmm. and they focused less on games and more about dogs and TV and movies and stuff. Yeah, and Call of Duty, Call of Duty TV. I think TV, overall TV. this E three besides like a few standout standouts was kind of lackluster. I think E three has been kind of stale for a number of years. Nintendo does it right. They do direct. They do. They always and they kicked ass at their Nintendo or their yeah direct. We'll get to it. Yeah. So. I have a list of things here that we can kind of quickly talk about. The first one that really surprised me. <laughs> are these your plants? Oh, yeah. Our plants are... Sideways and dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like rolling off the porch. <laughs> Once Lauren left, they mysteriously started not doing well. Yeah. There's this direct correlation there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just sideways. They're not like, even standing up, folks. No. All right. Anyway, my Instagram post will be gone by then. But if you magically, yeah, you're not going to see it. But I, I made a post about it on Instagram yeah. on my story. You, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. So Microsoft actually focused on games, which was kind of nice. Phil Spencer came out on the stage and said that they were going to show 14 Xbox exclusives, 30 games from Xbox <laughs> Game Pass, which they talked about a lot. Yeah. And 60 total games were shown. A lot of the games that I have here were just, we saw for split seconds, other ones we got extended demos with. One that I thought looked really good, everyone knows that I'm not a very big Minecraft fan, but the first game that really makes me excited about that franchise is Minecraft Dungeons. Yes. Coming spring 2020, it plays kind of like Diablo-esque. Yeah. It's a four-player co-op, online and local, where you go through dungeons, get new gear, loot materials... And fight enemies and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to play side by side. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do... I can hook up to your second TV and bring my PS4 over. Yeah, that'd be good times. Lauren just texted me, or sent me an Instagram message. Um, she's in Japan right now, and for context, it's 1.30 in the morning there. Is she drinking again? <laughs> well, she's been drinking since 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. Yeah, so for context... Japan's a hard time for those two weeks we go over there. It's yeah. not uh, a walk in the park. So the weekends, people enjoy their weekends over there. It's really interesting. Even like the 30-year-olds or 40 or 50-year-olds, they're like, do you th- they think they're in college again. Oh, it's Shenzu. It's a giant tow- poster of him. Oh, Shenron. Shenron. Shenzu? Shenzu. I think that's a hyena in The uh, <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's Shenron. Um, she said she a cost leader was explaining being iced to the Japanese and then got iced. LOL. What is ice? I have no idea. Oh, it's where you drink like an iced Smirnoff or something really quick. Oh. I think. God, I'm not freaking hip. I'm just getting iced. Uh, let's just get back to E3, Ryan. We've already gone off the rails in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. That was Ryan's workout playlist. <laughs> yeah, getting iced. Gwen Stefani. Style. Getting iced rules. There are rules. Apparently you don't remember the days of being a hollowback girl? Icing. It's a drinking game. Certain groups, they oh, drink gosh. a bottle of Smirnoff ice. Okay. I have not done that in my lifetime. Professor gets iced. How does this work? What is getting iced? Do you like... Ryan, let's, let's record the podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a drinking thing. Okay, so... Xbox showed a lot of games. Some of the ones I'm most excited about. Minecraft Dungeons looks great. I think if I can find an Xbox One at a decent price. You said they were like 180, right? Yeah. 
But if I could get a bundle with a few games, like during Black Friday, mm-hmm. I would definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Because Super Lucky's Tale, which is a 3D platformer, I want to play that. I wouldn't mind playing the Forza Horizon games. Gears, the Halo Collection. Rare Replay has 30 of Rare's remastered games, of course. Sunset Overdrive looks pretty cool. Battlefront 2, the original. What? Battlefront 2, the original, is on Xbox as well. Oh, you can play like backwards compatibility? Yeah. Well, that'd be another reason, is that we can get rid of the 360 and play mm-hmm. most of our Xbox I original. I wish PS4 and... would have done that. Backwards. Me too. Me too. What do you think about Microsoft's Flight Simulator? It's beautiful. It would make me nauseous. I, I don't have fun in those kind of games. Mm-hmm. I really like the um, Ace Combat, though, on the PSP. Which I, I found this, interesting. Which is more shooting. I don't think, like, taking a uh, 747 for a spin and then having to, like, counter-correct the Boeing's bad, faulty stuff mm-hmm. and then, like, driving it into the ground will be fun. The worst. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really or beautiful. 737, sorry. I mean, how they were able to render the graphics, you know, in Egypt and Europe and really nice tropical locations. It was stunning. Yeah, no, graphically it looks amazing. I just don't know what the gameplay would be like. Just fly over environments? Well, and you got to think too. So, if it's a 14-hour flight to Japan from where we are, <laughs> Please, <laughs> sit in front of your TV for 14 hours. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, is, is that, yeah. you're just flying over the Pacific or something? Yeah. And you're like, you have cabin commands. Like, <laughs> uh, it's time for breakfast. Click the X button to serve We're experiencing a little bit of turbulence. <laughs> if you could please return to your seats and buckle your seatbelts. Yeah. We've got an engine down. Like, <laughs> I mean, an engine eats a bird, explodes over the Pacific. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what the point of that would be. Or how the timeline... I, I don't know what the gameplay. I mean, it looks stunning, but maybe put that into a different game. <laughs> yeah. Something I'm really excited about is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Yeah. All nine Sky or all nine Star Wars films in the Lego games. Of course, we had the prequel trilogy was the first ones to release. Then we had the original trilogy. They did the Force Awakens and then they never did the Last Jedi. But now they're just, you know, they're just like screw it. We're just going to do all did nine. Did you play all those? Yes, I will. No, so I played. I remember getting the original, yeah, which was the prequels on PS2, and I played that with my buddy. Cool. We spent like all weekend playing that one time, and then I never played the original trilogy in Lego form. Okay, I you know I played a little bit of it on the PSP. My buddy because they had, had the it. casino, and it like you could go to each episode. Yeah, yeah, which is really neat. Yeah, um, but then I played Force Awakens last year on PS4, which okay. was really fun. Those games stress me out a lot because I need to collect everything and like leaving something behind. I just get really OCD about them. No Legos left behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that type of education is going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no child left behind. Yeah, sure. And Bush era uh, education thing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We have one of the worst education systems in the world, so. Uh, your mom's just blowing up her text feed. Yeah, anyway, my grandma broke her hip. <laughs> is That's why it's being mm-hmm. blown up. So she, it sounds like she's doing all right. We got some Olympic doctor working on her. Yeah. The sound of it. Um, so I guess fingers crossed that everything goes He well. was the Olympic javelin throwing champion, wasn't he? Yeah, right next to uh, the Night King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So another one that looked fun was 12 Minutes. This is that game where it's kind of that an, looked terrifying. an isometric I view. I thought it was going to be a Hitman game because the man, this, this man, it almost looks like you're in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. And this man's talking to his wife, and he's trying to explain to her that you're going to die. She, was, she tells him, like, hey, I'm pregnant. She starts telling him, and he's, he finishes her sentence, and she's like, well, how did you know? Because he's like, I lived this scene before. And it's, it's, so it's kind of a Groundhog Day scenario where you have 12 minutes to try and save your wife, I guess. Because yeah. this guy is going to come in, break into the house. Because she, like, murdered someone or something. And- yeah, in, like, a past life. I don't know. Um, it was very, yeah, interesting and stressful. Yeah, I don't know how that would play or how long the game would actually be. I'm not sure. 12 if you, minutes. <laughs> yeah, but then what? It like restarts and you replay, replay the scenario? I that just, w- yeah. I don't know how that works, but I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about it. I hope it is multi-platform and comes to the PS4 because that's probably how I'll end up playing it, but definitely intriguing. Looks interesting. Way to the Woods looks really interesting. Um, graphically stunning. You Which basically play one? as Bambi and his mom just before oh, the events yeah, of her yeah. being taken out. Uh, very artistic puzzle. Don't go up. to the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the field, mom. And not everyone listens to the techno Bambi music, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and there's gunshots as the bass drop. Um, no, it looks really beautiful, Skrillex. artistic, puzzle-solving adventure. Yeah, it was graphically, or like the style was really interesting. Like you're breaking into vending machines, mm-hmm. getting root beer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yeah, so fun. I'm excited about that. What did you think about... The Elden Ring, the new game by FromSoftware. Oh, I'm so horny for the Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm super excited. I, I love was... that the initial tease for all of his games are always just a really bizarre what the literal F is going on right now. And it's such a Dark Souls Cut style scene. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was look, reading an article about it, and basically it was Miyazaki. It was one of his like guys internally, one of the directors, was like, hey... I um I reached out to George R. R. Martin, like to see if he wants to talk to us. And George R. R. like because Miyazaki is like a huge fan of George R. R. Martin's work besides just Game of Thrones, um kind of his more obscure stuff. And uh, so he surprising to them or shockingly to them he said yeah. And so he was Miyazaki was just fangirling. And then they were just kind of going back and forth, kind of explained the plot and was like, hey, would you want to work with us? Mm-hmm. And George R. R. Martin said yes. And they're like, holy cow. And then they were just going back and forth on like building. So all the lore is going to be built by George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. And the game environment's going to be open world. They said basically it's our interpretation of open world. So I don't know what that means. It's probably going to be more open world than Dark Souls 1 which was one of the most open-world games, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm really excited. My guess is we'll probably get it fall next year. Yeah. But more to come on that game. Something I want to talk about very briefly. I'm super excited for fans of the series because I know they've been (coughs) chomping at the bit to get this series to come to the West, and that's Fantasy Star Online 2 coming Mm -hmm. spring 2020, which is an an MMORPG. It's going to be free-to-play. Johnny Millennium, Happy Console Gamer is a huge probably the biggest fan of this series ever. I remember back on the GameCube, is it was it GameCube and Dreamcast, I think when Fantasy Star Online kind of first debuted those two consoles and it was huge. Free to play scares me though. No, it, it does. Microtransaction. That type of model is, you know, Ryan's nightmare. 
It is because it's intriguing mm-hmm. and expensive. <laughs> yeah. But if you're into MMOs, if you're into Fantasy Star, that's definitely your thing. That was just a huge announcement. And whether you're a fan of what Microsoft had to talk about, you know, is one thing. But like for the broader spectrum of people that play and enjoy video games, they just had some tremendous heavy hitters, especially in a space where Sony wasn't present. Yeah. And they definitely capitalized on it. They did, absolutely. And I'm really curious what Sony's going to do moving forward in these next... Because coming off the the excitement of E3, Sony either has to do something within the next like month or two to say, like, yeah, we didn't go to E3 because we wanted to show you this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this, you know, in quotation marks, is, but they need to do something big because I feel like Microsoft and Nintendo both, like, everyone's talking about those two those two developers and publishers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. Mm-hmm. I just completely lost my train of thought. I was thinking about... Um, God, I don't even know. I think it's just bang. It's like poisoning my brain. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Oh, okay. You're just... Yeah. I'm excited when they announced the new Xbox. Yeah, that was cool. New specs and everything. And we got a release date, which means Sony's on the horizon as well. I just love that the focus for the next generation isn't graphics or whatever. It's just speed. Computing power. Yeah. Really just how quickly we're rendering the environments and games to the point where loading times are going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. That's something that really excites me. Yeah. Not yeah. because like loading times really tick me off when I'm playing my games, Mm-mm. but just to constantly be in the game and not... You know, okay, well, the screen's loading, pull up Instagram and scroll for 30 seconds, you know, because that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, during Bloodborne, I mean, the loading times were pretty, pretty significant in that game. And, and games like Dark Souls 3, when you're constantly going back to the fire keep to level up your character, to not, I mean, I've scrolled a lot during those kind to of To essentially yeah. not never have to do that. I mean, that's crazy. Gonna have to actually play the game consistently over <laughs> long periods of time. That's My hard. social what media game's do? gonna suffer. Those, it's basically downtime for me to relax. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what that the future of that means. Uh, some of the things here, Tales of Arise, of course, that was leaked that few, looks awesome. a few days before. I'm really excited of a, about a new Tales of game. It's been years since I can say that because there was Zisteria, Berseria, Zillia 1 and 2. There were so Chimeria, many. Chimeria, <laughs> Chateria. <laughs> but those were actual legitimate Hysteria. Games, which is stupid, but... There's been so many Tales of games that I just lost interest. Like Call of Duty, it's just like, yeah, it's just another year, another Tales of game, another Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, But I'm excited about this one. This looks like they've actually taken significant development time to create and not just shoehorn another one out. So Graphically, it looks pretty nice. Really good, and I love just their style of um, their take on action RPGs. So, Mm -hmm. good stuff. And what else do I have here? Halo Infinite. Yeah. Did I guess we saw the first kind of gameplay. The like, I mean, they all Halo start out the same. Like, oh, your gear, let's check it out. Look mm-hmm. up and down. So we got to see that gameplay. Um, basically, Chief was floating through space, and there was some other guy who looked graphically like real. Yeah, like a real person. Which was really nice. Um, I don't know if they're rendering it on the Xbox Phoenix or whatever they're calling it. Operation Scarlet, I think is what they... Sure. Yeah. That. 
Um, so I don't know if they're rendering it on that, but it looked Scarlet. like it was yeah. gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it did. And they're probably running it on that system, which yeah. is cool. And uh, what, what got me most about that trailer was just the music. Mm-hmm. When the music kicked in, just because the music of Halo is so iconic and it's just really, really good. Uh, Martin O'Donnell, I think, is the... I don't know if he's still the composer, but he was back on the earlier games. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. No, I mean, we heard the Halo 1 music. I don't know if... It was during Pete's stream. Yeah, Pete was Beforehand, we were hearing that. We are yeah. like, yeah, Halo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go for a good Halo session. Last thing I want to talk about from Microsoft Conference, which... Honestly, if I had to pick one favorite moment for me three, it was this. Cyberpunk 2077, right? Yes. We're seeing this. I've never seen a game graphically look this good. Yeah. I, and I mean, I really don't think I have. I mean, it looked absolutely incredible. The The facial animations, the expressions, their hair, their facial features, everything just looked real. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through the trailer bits and beats. You can go back and read all of that. But there's a moment where the main character, you think he almost gets killed or something. Yeah, and he's in a junk pile. Because yeah. it's like a cyborg human kind of world. And at the very end of the trailer, Ryan and I are just you know, casually watching it. Ryan's doing some wonder trading. What's up? And I got two shinies so far. There's a character walking up to the main character in this trash pile. He gets on his knees, and it's none other than mother effing Keanu Reeves. And he looks so good. Yeah. Like, not just because he's, like, a sexually attractive man, but because, like, graphically he looked awesome. And then he takes off his sunglasses and he basically helps the dude up. He's like, you ready to kill some people or whatever? And then it says Cyberpunk 2077. And then they pan out onto the main stage, which was super slick, by the way. Yeah. The lighting that they had in there was looked awesome. This thing starts raising. The smoke machines were in full force. And Keanu Reeves walks on stage. He's backlit with white and just the silhouette of Keanu with his long John Wicky hair. And he just says, how you doing? He's like, he always speaks with his hands. Yeah. And he has a wide wingspan, so when he speaks, it's like powerful. And he's like, I got to talk to you about something. And he's cyberpunk 27. He's like super hyped about it. And he's just describing the environments, how proud and honored he is to work with uh, CD Projekt Red on this this game, this project of his, and how he loves powerful storytelling. And then he was just saying, when you guys are walking through these environments, it is truly breathtaking. And it's silent in the crowd. And then one dude <laughs> is like, you're breathtaking. <laughs> and Keanu just starts laughing. And he's like, no, you're breathtaking. <laughs> you're all breathtaking. It was like the greatest E3 moment. And everyone, that, they got a standing ovation for Keanu. I don't think stage. anyone cheered as loud for any game in all of E3 this year than they did for Keanu. <laughs> it wasn't even for the game. No, it was <laughs> just Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, gosh. I... I mean, I even used you heard me. Then my neighbors probably heard me. Yeah. Like, fucking Keanu Reeves! Like when he was first shown on the game, I couldn't believe it. It was so exciting. I'm still just over the moon about it. Yeah, it it was just so unexpected to see Keanu Reeves. He's popping up in everything now. You need to watch. I've yet to watch it. I was debating watching it last night, and then I took a total left turn and did uh, the one about what is it? Handmaid's Tale. Made Tale. Yeah. So you're coming over tonight. We'll play the game that I've been playing, you know? Yeah. We'll do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to watch that tonight. Okay. If you haven't seen Always Be My no, Maybe... I'll play my, uh, my regression back to RuneScape. Classic. Yeah, we'll get into that. 
If you haven't seen Always Be My Maybe yet, a Netflix original, check it out. I know some of you people very secure in your masculinity might not want to watch a rom-com, but deal with it because this is worth it because Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah, you got to set those unreasonable expectations for men. Yes. <laughs> like any Disney princess movie is like, guys have to swoop in and they're going to treat you like this. And it's like, no, bullshit. Yeah. I can't be Keanu Reeves. You can, Ryan. Grow out your locks I'm a bit. I'm trying, but... <laughs> you might need to grow like two or th- four inches. I think yeah. he's like 6'4". I'm going to get $350 million. <laughs> I can't believe that's his net worth. I, I saw that the other day. I'm like, he's such a humble dude, like rides on the subway and stuff. Yeah. Another really cool thing, when he was filming Matrix Reloaded, and there's a scene where they're in a park, mm-hmm. and there's like 15... No, there's 12. There's 12 Agent Smiths. Um, Hugo Weaving. What's yeah. up, Elrond? And, of course, there was this wildly choreographed scene where he's on wires and doing all these crazy kung fu shenanigans. It took him seven m- months to perfect and film the scene. Yeah. And at the end wow. of the filming that s- for seven months, for that one scene, he asked the crew, those 12 men, he's like, all right, let's go. Let's walk off set. Let's go out in the back. I have something for you guys. And he bought 12 custom Harley Davidsons for each and every one of them. That's awesome. Well, not like 12 for each, but he bought one yeah, for one each for of each. them. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, because he's a motorcycle guy. Yeah, he has like 100 motorcycles or something stupid. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure, like, hey, uh, came home with a motorcycle, like, to his, one of their wives. Like, yeah, Keanu Reeves just bought me a motorcycle and he signed it. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, man, it's like um, Viggo Mortensen bought the witch. Or the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he said Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, but the horse. <laughs> they bought Shellob and uh, gave it to a zoo. And <laughs> no, he bought a horse for the stunt person that played um, uh, for Liv Tyler's character. Yeah, yeah. The Dude, witch. <laughs> I, the witch. I don't even know anymore. I think it's the sun from us moving shit all day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Microsoft. Honestly, if I had to give him a grade. Just for Keanu alone, A+. plus. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I, between Elden Ring, Halo, even though I'm not a fan, Fantasy Star Online 2, that's a huge deal for Microsoft to get that. I didn't mention it, but Battletoads is a big thing for Rare to bring that series back. To debut the Skywalker Saga, Flight Simulator, whatever. Forza Horizon uh, 4 DLC, Lego Edition. That's kind of neat. Yeah, that was interesting. They had a um, McLaren made out of Legos, which That was awesome. crazy. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff. Um, they showed a Lord of the Rings card game, which looks kind of nice. We only got like t- five seconds of it. Yeah. Are we going to, is this, are we lumping in Microsoft with E3 or EA? Um, it's really windy out there. I don't think I have any notes for EA. Okay. So there's that Star Wars game we got to see gameplay for. Oh yeah. Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. What'd you think of that? Really liked it. I'm yeah. very impressed. When I first heard that it was rated E for everyone, I was kind of frustrated. Yes. Right. But when I saw the trailer, I'm like. Dude, he's like ripping through these stormtroopers in a very uh, not so G-rated way. Yeah, I, I'm just afraid that it's going to be easy. Yeah, because it like him eating through these guys and going through the level. It looked easy. Like yeah. I'm hoping there's more because the Force Unleashed set a very high bar for um, like a single story mm-hmm. or single player story mode. Keep in mind when they're debuting those demos on, live on stage. 
they want to make sure it's perfect and it goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah. So my guess is they're probably playing on the easiest difficulty. The person who's playing it has played this demo like 500 times. Yeah. So he knows exactly where to go, exactly how to take out enemies to wow the crowds. And for that reason alone, I mean, every game has adjustable difficulty. Yeah. So if it is easy, you just play on the hardest difficulty setting. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure you'll get at least a moderate level of difficulty out of it. Yeah, I just want to like imbue the force. I hear you. Yeah. We all do, Ryan. I do. Do and we have wanna... anything from EA that we want to talk about? I'm sure fans are screaming. Well, they didn't right really now. have a thing. It was just kind of like, let's talk offhand. And they'd like. Well, that was Saturday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Star Wars was the thing that matters. They showed all their sports games, of course. Which, who cares? And um, they showed, like, they talked about Anthem, like, offhand. They got rid of. I mean, not that anyone really cares about Anthem. They got mm-hmm. rid of their path forward because everything's shit. Yeah. And they don't have plans to like keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Do you watch Bethesda? Nope. I went to bed. It was Sunday at like 8.30 or 9.30 or something. I think it was like 9.30. It was late. Cringy as all hell. That's Yeah, because they had like the scream crowd in the beat front that they probably paid. Yeah, so they open up the conference with just a bunch of random people talking about how like Playing Fallout 4 really helped me through difficult times, and I love the world building in Elder Scrolls, and just a bunch of people just that were probably probably paid lots of money to go on screen and talk about how much they love their games. And then Todd Howard came out, and he's just an awkward dude to begin with. Mm-hmm. The comments he made, it was just like, ugh. The only thing that I will applaud him about is that he was very self-aware and almost made fun of himself and accepted the hatred that came from Fallout 76. He basically was like, yeah, we rushed out that game and it was terrible. We understand. But we're working to make it better because there's more people than ever playing that game right now than yeah. there was at launch. And so they're adding a Battle Royale version to Fallout 76. God, fucking murder me with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like, it really pisses me off that our, the video game AAA industry has regressed so far that they shove out these piles of shit with the expectation... Or with the advertisement that will fix it later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Cyberpunk, it looks like a masterpiece that they're going to shove out a full game and then any DLC or anything is going to be add-on additional. And CD Projekt Red doesn't mess around, mess around. I mean, The Witcher 3, they spent umpteen years developing that. And then all of the DLC that since come out, mm-hmm. for the amount of time it would take you to just finish the DLC, don't even forget about the base game. That'll take you 180 hours. The DLC alone, I've heard, takes like 80 hours to beat. Yeah. So, I mean, they are really, when it comes to their craft, it's it's per, been perfected, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they take so many years to develop it. They have a great team of people that are extremely passionate about what they do. And all they want to do is create great experiences. Yeah. I think companies like Bethesda that have a history of Fallout games that have done tremendously well financially for them, bringing yeah. in lots of money. Same with the Elder Scrolls series. Now you have like the Wolfenstein games and uh, the Dishonored games and things like that. They're raking in cash at this point, so they get a little lazy. Same thing with EA and Bioware with the Mass Effect games. It's more so because of the parent companies that they have. They're they're held by investors. So Bethesda was bought up by a company. I'm trying to think. I used to know this. They're they're bought up by a company, and now they're. More of a cash grab kind of company. Mm-hmm. Like Bioware. Yeah. 
like Bioware with EA, EA's business model was based off of microtransactions. Activision was just screwing up uh, Destiny 2 with microtransactions. Mm-hmm. And now, what, 434, some numbers, whatever studios Bungie turned into. 343. They have it back. Mm-hmm. And they're like, basically, here's our thing. We took out these microtransactions. Here's our path forward. Here's how we're going to do it. It's free to play. Yeah. And they're very self-aware, basically throwing shade at Activision, which was really cool. Like, yeah, I was Activision, kind of screwing this game up. We're going to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw you, Bethesda. Yep, I echo that sentiment. The only thing I want to speak about from coming away from their trailer is not Elder Scrolls thick, 6 or... <laughs> Elder, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Thick Edition. It's like <laughs> this Argonian with this giant ass. <laughs> Get thick. Thick. Yeah, that's right. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> no, what's, what's the other game? Starfield or something? Yeah, yeah we is didn't that see, a game? We didn't see anything from those those two games, so that's good. Uh, the only thing I liked coming away from their conference was more Wolfenstein Youngblood and Doom Eternal looks fantastic. And then Elder Scrolls Blades, which is currently a mobile game, is coming to Switch, which is probably going to be microtransaction hell. But well, that's basically what the mobile one is already. It's really bad. Is it? So it's not even worth downloading? No, don't even download it. Okay. I know you're hyped about it, and I don't want to crush your dreams, because Rick was playing it, but it's a Rick's foreclosing on his house now. Everything's (laughs) being taken away. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's really bad. Okay. Good to know. Square Enix. Did you watch that? Uh, Did we watch that? I think so. Yeah, I I rewatched Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Okay. Dude, I don't know what it is about this drink, but it's like, it's bringing me up, and then it's crushing me down, <laughs> and now I can't think. It's actually made with uppers and downers, Ryan, so yeah. you get that nice mix. Because my hand's like shaking. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> We're going to do our next little maneuver, you're like flinging stuff. <laughs> or like you're going to fly off a cliff again with the manure. Yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Wheelbarrows are hard, people. They're hard. Yeah, you almost crushed my dad's uh, a hosta. But I the did. The blue hosta, which are rare. Square Enix, Final Fantasy VII, Dragon Quest XI, all that good stuff. What I'm really excited about, Dragon Quest XI come to Switch, right? Yes. It's not going to run as fast as it does on PS4, so I'm probably not going to play it on the Switch, but... Maybe it'll give you motivation to play it. But, Ryan, that might change because there's a 16-bit mode. You can play the entirety of the game... In classic 16-bit fashion. Yeah, you can. Which is really nice. And not only can you do that, you can switch interchangeably. So if you want to play for 30 minutes in 16-bit style, play for 30 hours in regular 3D environments, and then go back to 16-bit for endgame, you can do that. Yeah. So I'm probably going to do that, honestly, because I have... I mean, historically, that's how I've played my Dragon Quest games. I think you can do it on PS4 as well. Okay, are they going to add a patch I for think that? it's already there. Okay, well, that's cool. I might check it out. Honestly, as we'll get into later during Nintendo's conference, I got in the mood for Dragon Quest. Yeah. But we'll get there. That's good, because I'm at the final boss of Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. And you're like 10 hours in? 20. 20? Yeah, okay. I, I made some progress. It's a long game. It is. I mean, you can I was spend... surprised how long it was. Yeah, they're long games. What did you think about the Avengers game? We didn't really see much. It doesn't have anything to do with like Thanos' story quest. It looks like there was just a bridge being destroyed. I don't know how it's going to be played, but it gives me hope. 
Yeah, I'm somewhat excited about it. A lot of people are like over the moon freaking out. This is the best game of E3. And I was... Whoa, that's... No, very hyperbolic. I know, but I was... I wasn't very impressed. Now, granted, we already have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 coming to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Graphically, it looked a lot better than that, though. Yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 looks like a PS3 game. It does. But that being said... I'm more excited to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 just because I like those um, co-op brawlers. Mm-hmm. I just don't really know what to expect with this game yet. Yeah. With Square Enix developing it, I'm excited. And like you said, there's hope. But I'll reserve judgment until we see more. Yeah, no, I agree. Final Fantasy VII looks absolutely incredible. They showed Tifa and Sephiroth during these actual Square Enix trailer. Is that black-haired girl in the bar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Tifa. I don't know. White haired. I'm just kidding. I know who Sephiroth is. I don't know the relationship to any of these characters. I only know one big spoiler about Final Fantasy VII. So I'm actually really excited to play it because I don't know the relationship of Cloud and Aerith or Cloud and Tifa or Barrett. Like, I know nothing about the game other than Sephiroth is the main villain and Cloud is the the hero. Yeah. And Cloud is awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this. I'm not over the moon about the whole episodic thing, but the fact that they're saying that. Hey, this isn't episodic for the sake of being episodic. The entirety of the... Like, we had to fit this game on three freaking discs because of how big it is. Which, to fit this on three Blu-rays, to fit it all in there, is insane. It's like, what, 160, 200 gig? Yeah, easy. Probably 80 gig a thing. Yeah. So, 240. That's just wild to me. I mean, we're basically back in the days of PS1 where it takes three to four discs to fit an entire uh, Final Fantasy game on there. So, I'm excited. I just hope that we don't have to wait long, long periods of time between one game or the other, because that would really suck. But yeah, to like have a hard stop. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you can transfer your character over. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft. Well, okay. Was so there a conference for Ubisoft? Bethesda. I would give like C minus D. Yeah, that's that's being uh, generous. Generous. Ubisoft or uh, Square Enix. I would say between Dragon Quest XI, um, showing that for Switch and the 16-bit mode, Final Fantasy VII, and also Final Fantasy VIII's getting a remaster, which is really nice. Cool. I'd say B+. Yeah. Good stuff. Ubisoft? I didn't know they had a conference. I I re-watched it last night because I didn't watch it when it aired. Um, I watched Pete's stream of it. They started it off with an Assassin's Creed orchestra playing. And just playing music from the series with a bunch of cinematics going on in the background. Trying to be like Sony did with the God of War orchestra that played when they debuted God of War 4 for the first time. Yeah, but see, the thing about that, the significant difference between the two. There's three God of Wars and then they completely redid it with a Game of the Year game. Versus we've had like 46 Assassin's Creed from every part of the time. Mm-hmm. So who gives a shit? That, <laughs> that coupled with the fact that Following this orchestra playing this epic music, which honestly wasn't very epic at all. It was very tame. There was no sense of progression in the music. It was just very dull and boring. Yeah. There was no like gut-punching, jaw-dropping announcement following it. It was just kind of like, okay, now they're going to get off the stage and someone's going to come out and talk to us. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Did they talk about any games? Well, they showed off the new Watch Dogs game, Watch Dogs Legion, which I had no interest playing the first two Watch Dogs games. Mm-hmm. It just looked like a hacking simulator. But this one looks more James Bond, Splinter Cell, Hitman, like in a blender type of thing. Okay. And for that, I'm kind of excited. These open world settings where 
Yeah, it just seems very James Bond Splinter Cell like. A lot of stealth mechanics, you know, doing a lot of different like little quests and things like that, completing different objectives. Yeah, watch the trailer, let me know what you think. But overall, Ubisoft, C, very boring, nothing very memorable. Any Assassin's Creed or anything? No, no new Assassin's Creed. Cool. But um, it's fun. Oddly enough, I don't think I actually took notes for Nintendo. Okay, we can talk about it. So we can just talk about off the cuff here, I guess. Um, of course, they showed Luigi's Mansion 3, which has eight-player online co- uh, multiplayer, nice. which looks crazy fun. Of course, what else did they show, Ryan, that Animal we, Crossing. we expected? Um, well, first of all, they kicked off the stream with some some Smash Brothers montage. And like, okay, we're going to introduce a new DLC character. Who is it, Ryan? It is the hero from Dragon Quest Eleven, And not only that, the... I don't know what you call them. The spirit characters? No, it's not even... It's the... Alternative forms. Yeah, so when you can change your color on your character. Yep, so you can play as the main hero from Dragon Quest Eight, Dragon Quest Four, the first Dragon Quest, whole bunch of them. For me, that's amazing. I think that's great. Honestly, if they didn't show the next character later in the thing, I would have been okay with that because I've completely suspended expectations at this point as far as what characters... Yeah, but now you can hype it back up. It's real And now hyped. you don't have to bitch all the time. That's right. Good. Same with Travis. Yeah, Travis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so good the stuff there. bitch fest in the three-way chat. Hey, if you played Banjo... I don't know what the DLC characters are. They're going to be shit. <laughs> hey, if you played... Okay, now stop it. Banjo-Kazooie growing up, you would feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, they so, showed off more Link's Awakening, which looks adorable. It does. So fun. I love the, the graphical style. Very cheapy, like little Link. He just looks so awesome. Yeah, they and showed like you getting a sword and a shield. A lot of uh, very reminiscent of Link Between Worlds for me. And for that, I'm very excited about that. It comes end of September, September 25th, I want to say. So I'm excited yeah. about that. We, um, what else did we get, Ryan? I don't know. I should have prepared for this podcast. We got Animal Crossing. We got Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Looks amazing. I didn't watch the 25 minutes of uh, oh, I did. footage. So what did they show? <laughs> so you're on an island and you have a tent. Um, and there's like different, basically it's kind of like Minecraft-esque. So you have to collect resources. Like the same way you cut down trees, you get to pick up sticks and stuff. And okay. then you get to make your shovels and things. Um, instead of just going to Nook's place and buying stuff off the rack. So that that's going to be a lot of like resource collection things, which will be a lot of fun for grinding. Yep. For a longevity. Um, you have like an ad hoc thing where you can make recipes or you can go to Nook's workbench and make recipes. Um, you get to like build the town so you can build paths and things. And previous games, when you were to drop an item on the ground, it would just be a leaf, right? It would just be that little nugget of, hey, this is the leaf of this item, like mm-hmm. a bed or something. Now you can put down an item anywhere. So that leaf will turn into a bed. So you can put beds on the beach. You can put items throughout the entire town and basically make a town yourself. Or that island, however you want it to. Nice. Yeah. So it's going to be great. I'm really excited. They pushed it back till early spring. The end of the gameplay stream, he's like, essentially, um, in the very humble Japanese way that they produce or like talk, they're like, so here's our gameplay. We've been working hard. So we uh, would like to ask your permission to push it back to the <laughs> spring or like of 2020. We are sorry for the delay. We are working 
Like, like a really like, sorry, bow, bow, bow. They could not have delivered that better. And it was like, dude, shit, just make it an awesome game. It looks great. Like, and how could I possibly be mad at you? <laughs> yeah, after I was that? like, it's so nice. So it's coming March 20th, two days before my birthday. Definitely something to look forward to. I have it up now. So it looks like um, Link's Awakening is actually coming September 20th. Nice. And we'll have some sort of custom dungeon mode too you can actually create your own dungeons which is kind of neat that'll be cool so and then we also got pokemon we did we got more pokemon i don't remember anything that did they, we talk about was that last week or before well they had the the conference not the conference the nintendo direct a week before e3 so did we talk about that we last talked week? about that already okay so they had 25 minutes of gameplay on that um kind of going through a full raid with the dynamax and like going through how that process is going to work um one thing I'm sure it makes sense, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. They're not going to have the full Pokedex mm-hmm. all. Yeah. At this point, it's, from what I was reading, they're over 1,000 Pokemon. Really? Or no, no, over 800. Because there's 721, right? Yeah, that's before Meeting Sun and Moon. Sh- Sword and Shield. No, so Sun and Moon. We don't. That's not canon. We don't count those games, Ryan. At least not on a I'm just afraid they're going to count them. Like, they're going, I think they're, it's over 800. Okay. And I think from what I was reading, it's over 1,000 after this game. So, during that 20 minutes of gameplay, they said, hey, um, probably based off the of size and the number of people, um, we can't have everyone in there. So, we went back through all the other generations and picked Pokemon. And basically, what the Pokemon that we can trade into this game are only the Pokemon that you can find in the Gala region Pokedex. Okay. So you can't add in Pokemon that aren't in this Pokedex. So you're going to be limited to, say, at least 500. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I understand, because 1,000 Pokemon, and screw those Ultra Beasts. But it, it'll be interesting to see who they had picked for the Gala region Pokedex. Yeah. But it's it's based off of what Pokemon you think you would find in like a European setting. Yeah. Which is the Gala region. So, yeah, that's something. I don't know how I feel about it, but it makes sense. It doesn't sound like we're going to have another Pokemon game with all the Pokemon in it. Just for probably size and, I don't know. You'd have grass with like 40 different types of Pokemon in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So, some other things that were announced that are kind of exciting. Um... Resident Evil 5 and 6 are coming to the Switch. God, I can't wait. That's good. And just a lot of ports, you know, which is always yeah. nice. The Witcher 3 is coming to Switch. It's going to run like butthole, honestly, because yeah. to render that game on an Xbox One and PS4 is already difficult enough. I think they said it's going to run at 720p on screen and 540p docked. Or er, 740 really? docked, 540 handheld, which is pretty slow. Which is pretty low resolution, too. Yeah, so nothing to ride home about, but still cool that we're getting a port, you know, yeah. CD Projekt Red's bringing that to the Switch. Some other things that I'm really excited about um, is the Panzer Dragoon, for the first game. It was on the, uh, the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a third-person shoot 'em up but you play as a dragon. Oh. And that's being remade for the Switch, which I think it looks terrific. Cool. Good stuff. And then there's just a lot of other ports and random games are coming. Uh, the Spyro Trilogy coming to Switch September 3rd. Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. We talked about yes. it last week that there was a rumor that has been confirmed that it is being HD remade for PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Nice. It's just being ported to the Switch. There's no graphical uptouches, which oh. 
is fine. I mean, it's not like it was a PS1 it's game. Sales, or it's um, cel-shaded. I don't know how you graphically increase it. Yeah. I Minecraft mean, Dungeons saw... is coming to Switch spring 2020. Nice. And then New Super Lucky's Tale. You play as a little fox, and it's a 3D platformer. It was, okay. it was on the Xbox One. It's coming to the PS4 this fall. Or uh, Switch this fall, I'm sorry. So good stuff. I'm excited about a lot of that stuff. Um, and that's all Nintendo showed, Ryan. Yeah. Animal Crossing, Pokemon are kind of my big things that I care about. I'm surprised you didn't correct me because that is not all we saw, we saw Ryan. The last five minutes, two that's haymakers most, for yeah. Mike Tyson. All right. Nintendo had one of the most epic trolls of all time. You have King K. Rool, Diddy Kong, and Donkey Kong chilling in a little treehouse. And you're like, are we going to get Donkey Kong 64, the sequel? Are we going to get Donkey Kong Country more? Because we need more 2D Donkey Kong. It's been a while since we have one of those. Not really. No, Ryan, because they were alerted by something rolling across the floor. Yeah, some golden thing. First of all, it's called a jiggy. I never played. Okay, it's a little jigsaw puzzle. Rolls across, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm sitting in my cubicle at work. Working, of course. (laughs) And I get a text message. That's not an admission to guilt. It's uh... (laughs) And I get a text message from someone saying a jiggy just rolled across the floor. Not really. I was watching this on my phone. And I started freaking out, and of course, Donkey Kong and Diddy and K. Roll are like looking out the window, like, "What's going on?" You see a, a silhouette of Banjo Kazooie, and I'm like, "Finally, yes!" And then it's revealed as the Duck Hunt dog and, <laughs> and the little bird, and I was just furious. But I knew it was just a troll. Yeah. And then, of course, Banjo Kazooie comes down out of the sky, hits the Duck Hunt dog out of the way. We're getting Banjo Kazooie and Smash. Yeah, I'm it's thrilled over the moon, and I also think that this undoubtedly means that we're getting another Banjo-Kazooie. I think when Rare saw the success that Ukulele had, and we saw more footage of the Impossible Layer, by the way. Yes. looks amazing. I'll talk about it here in a minute. I think it means that another Banjo's in development. That'd be really cool. And it, it'd be... Honestly, it, we don't even need that. If we just got the first two games ported or somehow re, remade just a little bit of an uptouch to the graphics for the Switch, man, I'd be over the moon. I think a lot of people would be. I mean, I'm already over the moon about Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, he's probably going to be your main, right? Oh, for sure. And so at this point, I'm like, wow, what a way to end the Nintendo Direct. Perfect. Couldn't have gone out with any better game to you know debut or yeah. character. But Nintendo is Nintendo, Ryan. They are. And yep. <laughs> we're in this really eerie, creepy, underground, cave-like setting, and you have no idea what's going on, and you have this... It was the creepiest music. Psychotic, almost horror music. It sounded like you were playing, I don't know, I Can't Wait to Be King backwards or something like that, yeah. or some Led Zeppelin song or Pink Floyd song backwards. It was really bizarre. And you see Link in his blue tunic, and a female character, was that Zelda? I have no Zelda. idea. Zelda. Zelda. And so they're traversing this little cave-like place. It's a side bitch. <laughs> I had no idea, because I haven't played Breath of the Wild yeah, enough. You should. And this nasty skeleton of a person falls, turns his head, has these nasty red eyes, and they eventually pan out, and you see all of Hyrule. And they were there for almost an unsettling amount of time with nothing really happening. Mm-hmm. You hear like an explosion of sorts. And it fades to black, and it says... This well, the castle was actually rising up. Oh, was it? Is yeah, that what was going was, on? Yeah. Okay. So, it, like, you hear the explosion, and then you see the castle, like, growing. Oh, wow, okay. So, they're probably exploring caverns underneath. Nice. And then it fades to black, and it says the sequel to Breath of the Wild is now in development. Which is awesome. Really good stuff. 
really happy for Travis. I'm really happy for Breath of the Wild fans. I wish I would have finished or at least put more time into the game. Well, you still have time. For it to be... Well, for the for that reveal to be more exciting for me. Yeah. But I was excited for other people, for sure. Yeah. And I'm excited for, for just Zelda. I think general. after you play and get to see Hyrule Castle and Breath of the Wild, which you can go there now, really, if you wanted to. You just get wrecked. Um, then rewatch that trailer, you're going to be freaking out. Yeah. I'm excited, so... Overall, I think Nintendo did an outstanding job. It was a little bit of a slow burn early on, but they progressively showed more and more heavy hitters, and Banjo and Zelda just completely knocked it out of the park for me. Yeah. So A+. I agree, yeah. Good stuff. Overall, if I had to rank all of E3, I would say a B. Like it, A low B. Yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves was great. Cyberpunk looks amazing. You got Banjo, Animal Crossing, New Zelda. But other than that, like... Pokemon, Halo. But besides that, it's kind of... There was nothing that was just earth-shattering, internet-exploding that caused people to just go nuts. Yeah, just besides Keanu. Yeah, so good stuff. I'm going to quickly go through with my top five games and some honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions, of course, Way to the Woods, little Bambi game. Looks yep. fun. Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines 2. This is a first-person RPG where you play as a vampire. The first game came out on PC years ago. I'm excited for it to be revived. Mm-hmm. Check out a trailer. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order looks great. Hopeful that it's going to be good. Minecraft Dungeons yep. and 12 Minutes. Those are my honorable mentions. My top five games, nothing here is surprising. Link's Awakening, can't wait to explore that again. Final Fantasy VII Remake, cannot wait to finally play it for the first time. Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077. And number one, you all knew it was coming. Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. It's going to be great stuff. So, anything, Ryan, that uh, I missed from E3 you want to talk about? No, I think mine would be... I mean, I don't have a list in front of me. I'm raw-dogging this episode with no laptop. So, uh, probably Animal Crossing, uh, Pokemon, which is just more kind of gameplay and just re-solidifying how freaking excited I am. Um, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy VII as well, and then um, Zelda, mm-hmm. probably. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it was on an all-right E3. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year and if Sony will actually make the trip. Or if they just get rid of the conference. It's a bunch of marketing. So yeah. They're, what are they going to do with their budgets if they don't? I wouldn't be surprised in the next five to six years. It just completely goes by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Nintendo saves a lot of money just doing direct. Oh, absolutely. Like Those pre-recorded things. I mean, they don't have to leave the office. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so They show up and like do gameplay stuff, which is cool. But Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. We should talk about the games we've been playing recently now, Yeah, though. we should. Attempt number two. What have you been playing, Ryan? Uh, let me pull out my phone, because oh I haven't... gosh. I haven't really been in the mood for games this week. I also didn't really have a lot of time. Uh, so I bought... I didn't buy. I downloaded Terrarium, which is a game by Green Panda Games. Okay. And um, basically, you get plants, and they provide you oxygen, and... You try to buy more plants. It's like one of those click games. Sounds riveting. It's thrilling, and I've got a lot of oxygen. Okay. Um, got to get those. Uh, oh, was it O two levels? Yeah, O two yeah. levels. Yeah. You know, got to make sure everyone stays alive for long. Um, and then I got Hopeless Heroes. I think that's how I feel when I go to work every day. <laughs> Which is another click game. It's basically a Tap Titans ripoff. 
And then I downloaded Cookie Clicker today in the car ride from the manure, and it pisses me off because it's all about clicking a cookie. <laughs> Sounds oddly sexual. <laughs> Dude, the last time I got my triple chocolate chip cookies clicked. <laughs> Double fudge, if you know what I'm saying. Extra <laughs> gooey. Mm, icing all on top. So... Um, yeah, I was clicking it, and like you have to get a uh, tap. If you tap enough, it increases your tap per tap, or your <laughs> your clicks per the amount of points you receive per click. And um, then it would have a random pop up, like "Hey, microtransaction," or like "Hey, click this button," and then it ruins your tap like consecutively, so you go back to one per thing. Hate it. When and that I happens. I deleted it. It pissed me off. That's okay, Ryan. So that's all I've been doing. Um, I mostly was just watching shows. So I watched Chernobyl, the first three episodes out of six. Pretty cool. Depressing. Um, And then I watched two episodes of The Society, um, which was interesting. It's like a post, not post-apocalyptic, but it's like how... not. Sorry. Sorry. See, I needed that thing to fidget around. The with. kids go on a field trip, they come back, all the grown ups are gone. Yeah, and it's like, what do we do? And society melts down and mm-hmm. just anarchy and stuff. Um, yeah, I haven't really played any games, like actual games this week. I just, I need to figure out what I want to play. Okay. That's and fair. it sounds like transitioning into you, you found something. Yeah. So earlier in the week, I was having some of the most first world problems ever. <laughs> of course, Lauren left so for Japan. Bad. And Rusty kind of goes into a depressive state for the first few days when that happens. Yep. And so Monday, I uh, and this is actually a real thing. I experienced this with Lauren. I've actually experienced this for, ex- experienced this for years. And I call it Netflix anxiety because I never know what I want to watch. And it like f- freaks me out. And I start to get like really fidgety and nervous and just anxious, which I understand that is like so trivial and pathetic. But it's, it's a thing. I just, I get anxiety over it. Okay. Yeah. And... So that was going on. I was having... You know there's an out- Ebola outbreak in uh, Africa right now. So, uh, yeah, people's <laughs> organs are dissolving themselves. And, uh, yeah, but Netflix, I don't know what Rewatch to watch. Stranger Things or start up op- The Office again. So many options and so much clean water that isn't making me die from malaria. No, I texted Travis about diarrhea. it, too, and I'm sure he was like, God, what a freaking loser, you know? That's why you didn't text me about it, because I would have called me that. out. Travis is a lot more kinder than you are. I, it's probably true. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't know what to play. And so I eventually was just watching Batman, the animated series and playing Mario Kart eight on the switch. Yeah. Which you sound like you enjoyed really a lot of fun. I was just playing 50 CC and just, just literally lapping people because I was going so fast and it's, is the difficulty really that different between the 50 and a hundred? It's not that much different. I mean, I can still get three stars pretty easy on every course, but it's just super easy on 50cc, so I can yep. mindlessly do the levels while watching Batman. Mm-hmm. And get coins or whatever. And so when you when you collect coins, for every 50 coins you collect, you unlock a new set of wheels, car, a glider, one of those three different parts. Yeah. And I just like doing that. Playing as Yoshi, Yoshi, of course. Just good times. It was just very mindless and fun. Cool. So that was good times. I... Uh, on my way home from work yesterday, I stopped at Walmart to pick up groceries. Mm-hmm. 
I also got a really nice Malbec wine back there. It's a red wine. I got it from Walmart. It's called the Alamos. It was like nine bucks. Nice. Really good. And I went to the bargain bin video game section and I found a copy of Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition for 20 bucks. Has all the DLC. Nice. And I was in an RPG mood. So yes. that, that's why I got these two games. And then I and also a very got, similar title. And Okay, so I should preface this by saying I was playing Hollow Knight earlier this week too. And I was enjoying it. You know, it's like Travis is, you know, talked about very often on the podcast when he's been on and when he's written in is just how great a game Hollow Knight is. And I've really enjoyed my time with it, but it's also with my wife not being here and walking down these dark corridors. And with nothing on Netflix. No music. It's very eerie, depressing, and just heavy. Yeah. It's really not helping my mood at all. So when I'm playing in the dark in the middle of the night and none of the lights are on. So that was just not a good thing to do. I'll get back to it eventually, Travis. Don't you worry. But I bet he's saying he hates it. The... Uh, <laughs> The opposite of that is this game, and that is South Park, The Fractured But Whole. So I've, Very similar titles. I've put about six to seven hours into this already. I was up late last night and woke up at five o'clock in the morning this morning because Lauren called me from Japan, and I was like, I'm not going back to bed at this point. So I played it for a few hours this morning. Since five? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, dude, I'm struggling. You know, That's move, why you went for double bangs. Moving that manure. Um, I'm two cups of coffee and a bang in. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is, Ryan. I'm talking brothers. And the bang was not with me. No, it was not. <laughs> so, uh, took some notes, you know, and I'm really enjoying South Park. So I never played the stick of truth, which was the first game. Yeah. I bought this hoping that it was, it was supposed to have a, a download code for stick of truth. But of course that expired January 31st of 2018. Yes. So that kind of sucks. So I just popped right in to the fractured butthole, opens up that uh, you're sitting on a toilet, naturally, and all the kids in South Park are in the streets fighting the sixth graders in this very big LARPing adventure. Whoops. As you're being texted by someone. Dad's leaving. Okay. And you eventually... Well, so you start off the game on the toilet and you're playing this stupid pooping minigame as you do in South Park games. I mean, I think you also do that at the beginning of Hollow Knight, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's very true. It's reminiscent. True. They're very comparable. Yeah, I mean, you gained your skill. Mm -hmm. It's crude as all hell. I mean, going into a South Park game, I expected nothing less, but I wanted just really stupid, cheeky humor, and it's... it's some of it's highbrow. Like, it is. It yeah. is. It's not disappointing in any, any degree. It's, at its very core, a strategy grid-based rpg the mm -hmm. combat is anyways and outside of combat cartman is kind of your your main dude directing you through this adventure and he gives you a phone you program it to have all these different applications they kind of have a a knockoff instagram of sorts yeah and one of the the, the smaller gameplay components of the game is gaining followers for this little clan that you've created with all of your friends yeah and so you go around and seeing all the different townspeople, you can take selfies with them, you gain followers that way, and as you perform quests for other characters around South Park, like Butters or Jimmy or Kyle, then you gain them as allies, you can use them in battle. So that's kind of nice. And also, since they're not following you throughout the game, they're scattered around the map wherever they're at, and they might be at a coffee shop or down the street at the burger joint. And they'll send you a message over Instagram and say, hey, 
I have a quest. I need some help with something. So yeah. you travel over there. You do this quest. So I like there's a lot of side quests that diverge from the main storyline, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, what I love most about it, too, is just the graphics. Um, there's It's completely seamless between cutscene and gameplay just because, I mean, it's a cartoon. It's South Park. It's paper mache, essentially. So there's really no loading time between or transition between cinematic and gameplay, yeah. which is great. Uh, what else do I want to say about this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it, it's rated E, right? Yeah, E for everyone. Uh, no, it's rated M. <laughs> what? If, why? Blood and gore, mature humor, nudity, sexual content, strong language, use of drugs, and violence. Okay, maybe not for a young audience. Basically, every blurb or little bullet point for the ESRB to make it a mature game. But reading the back of the box here, it says a dark shadow has spread across South Park. A new power is rising, and this time. An entire squad of superheroes must stand. Create your own superhero and use your incredible abilities to save the town. <coughs> Develop your mysterious superhero backstory, which is really funny. The game's super self-aware about D&D and all that kind of really nerdy stuff. Yeah. So you go down to this dungeon in Cartman's house. Mm-hmm. And in order to get down there, you first have to go up to Cartman's room and find his diary to determine or figure out what the password to his lair is. Mm-hmm. And so you're flipping through his diary. There's a whole bunch of really graphic pictures that he's drawn or drawn. I'm not going to get into that. It's way too explicit. And he has this little thing covering up the password and you open it up and naturally it says the password is fuck you, mom. (laughs) So that's the password. You go down the dungeon. Once you get down there, you sit on this chair opposite of Cartman and at this table. And he says, any natural hero has a backstory, Batman, Spider-Man, whoever. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he's like, let's take, take you back to when you were a young child when you became a superhero. And so you wake up, you get out of bed, and Cartman says, and Cartman's narrating this whole thing. And yeah. so he says, and then you walk to the mirror. And I didn't walk to the mirror. I walked over and was just exploring the room, opening things. And he's like, and he's just like swearing and he gets mad if you don't do what he says. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that the game was... I guess programmed as such that if you're not doing exactly what the character is telling you, he'll call you out on it. And they say things in battle like that too. It's, it's really pretty neat. And so we guide you through the house. There were these people trying to break into your house. And at this, at this point you choose what kind of character in class you're going to be, yeah. whether you're going to be a brawler, whether you're going to be more of a ranged character, whether you're going to have super speed, the whole nine. So it's really cool how they kind of take you through that. And it's very purposeful in developing the kind of character you want to play as. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we walked through you switching to a speed character. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good way for you to understand your abilities. It that, is. That's one of those type games where you don't understand what your new abilities are. And generally, you just have to test it out. But that's a really cool way of, with humor, showing you the gameplay. Yeah. There was, I mean, yeah, it was a nice tutorial. It wasn't more than like three minutes. No. So it wasn't very complicated. And as you've progressed through the game, the first few hours you unlock new applications on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so you have a crafting application where you can craft new materials, new costumes. And that's another thing. The game is fully customizable at any time. I can pull up my little phone and recustomize my appearance, whether I want a different hairstyle, a different costume, tattoos, sunglasses, whatever I want, I can do that. That's cool. Which, on the fly, which is really nice. You can save wherever you want, which is also a nice perk. Opposed to the uh, Metal Gear game. I'm not talking about that right now. Okay. I'm not going to talk about this week. It, it was just infuriating. Um, 
you, so there's a crafting mechanic, there's a skill tree, so you can allocate different things to tailor your character's skill sets to brawler, speed, whatever. You can balance it out to have um, attributes that bleed over into different skill sets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a really... I really can't believe how in-depth of an RPG it is yeah. for a cartoon series that is known for just being incredibly crude, over-the-top, sometimes it takes things way too far, and it's really just created by Matt and Trey Parker. So um, I'm really enjoying my time with it. Yeah. I mean, South Park is its such an interesting show. I've, I haven't really watched much of it. I haven't either. I've watched... Some of the Make more love, well-known. not war. Yeah, Warcraft. I've watched that. I've watched the Chin Pokemon. I've watched the Simpsons did it episode. A lot of the more well-known ones. Mm-hmm. There was one where they went into an Amazon warehouse recently. Really? Yeah, it's really up on the times, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to something, and like people with high IQs are they generally procrastinate more. Um, because with that extra like anticipation, they it, that extra time they come up with a bunch of ideas, and then that crunch time they like whip it out really quick, and that's kind of what the South Park people said. They like put it all together in like a day or two. Wow! So it, it's crazy mm-hmm. their process, and it's up on the times, which is interesting. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I probably have more report. I might actually end up beating it by next week, just because one, Lauren's still gone, and two. I think it's like a 10 to 15 hour game. Okay. Depending on how many side quests you take part in. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's good times. So, I'm looking forward to it. We also, um, no more games you've been playing, Ryan? You all oh, good? I'm going to probably start Old School RuneScape again. Oh, are you? Well, that's good. Yeah. That's healthy. <laughs> um, so, some folks wrote in on the Instagrams. Again, I put out a little query every Friday. Ari Lewis, 2011. Give me a follow. And uh, you can also write in through the Gmail if you want. You know, a little more detailed. Ask us some questions. Suggestions for the podcast, whatever you want. And that's Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. But as I open up the Instagram here, we got some people that responded. And what I did is, uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm trying to just every week throw out like a random question on there and uh, completely unrelated to video games most of the time. And so this week I asked if you could tell us one place you want to visit on your bucket list, where would it be? And so, uh, let's see here. Dean, big Steelers fan, friend of the show. Been a big supporter since day one. Thanks, Dean. What's up, Dean? So, for me, I, um, I put a picture of Tokyo, or I guess a gif of Tokyo, Ireland, and I think Italy or something. And um, he said, Ireland, come visit me, or come visit my home country, or <laughs> Gosh, I'm really screwing this up. He said, Ireland, come visit my country. Gladly welcome you to my homeland. Nice. And so we've been trying to plan trips with our parents, Mm -hmm. you know, just milestone, whether we turn 30 or just whether they turn 60, what have you. Uh, My trip's actually going to be to Ireland with my dad. So Dean, in the next two years, I might be reaching out, bro. I'd seriously love to hit up a pub with you and throw back a few brews. Be good times. Landon, friend of the show, says number one place to visit would be Japan for him. Yeah, so, it's good great. Stuff. Travis, executive producer of the show, says Ireland, Switzerland, and New Zealand. New Zealand th- is up there for me, too. Mm-hmm. He also Switzerland says, is known, I mean, for, like, beautiful people. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of, like, Viking women. Mm, Helga, yeah. <laughs> what's up? Travis goes on and asks another 47 questions. Which movie 
Spidey has the coolest, or which Spidey movie has the coolest suits? I've been loving the MCU suits. I really loved uh, Tobey Maguire's suit in Spider-Man 2. The eyes had like this really neat design, and just the suit looked really slick. I'd say Into the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen that yet, so I can't speak um, to it. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Watch that movie if you haven't seen it. It's the best Spider-Man movie out there right now. Okay. Including the new ones, Tobey Maguire, the one with the electric dude, like Jamie Foxx or... Yeah, uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. it It's better than the new guy. Tom Holland? Yes. Um, watch it. I'll check it out. You I'll own it. I know, I do. <laughs> you just have to see it. I, you should uh, watch that instead of that love movie. No, we're watching the love movie. Dude, Keanu Reeves, get out of here. Yeah, but if you're playing with your butthole and you're watching a love movie, it kind of ruins the mood. No, it enhances it, Ryan. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. I really love Tom Holland's suit in Endgame, though, with like all the little sp- spider arms coming yeah. out. That was kind of cool. He says, would you rather have Cole's electric powers or Delson's initial smoke powers? Haven't played Second Son, but he said Delson was a prick. So... Do I want prick status but have smoke powers? Or do I want non-prick status and electric powers? I love electricity. Yeah. I've always wanted to force lightning people, so that would allow me to do it. I echo that. He says pizza burrito, or calzone if you will, versus taco pizza. Say that again? (laughs) Pizza burrito, or calzone if you will. Okay. Or would you rather have taco pizza? I've tried taco pizza. Sounds good. No. Really? Yeah. Calzones are great. I'll, I'll go with calzone. I don't know if I've ever had a calzone. At the... Uh, that sounds good. There's a fire somewhere, folks. Where we got the BLT pizza, they have a taco pizza that we tried. And it's... We had an official Mexican fly up here and try it, and they didn't like it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Unofficial. One of, we have a girl on rotation from Mexico. And okay. she didn't like it. Gotcha. And that's an official taste buds from Mexico saying deeming taco Mexicans or taco Mexicans. <laughs> taco Just pizza's stop. bad. Stop all your ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Struggling. Travis has some E3 stuff. He says, E3 impressions. I was bored for most of it, but Luigi's Mansion 3 looks great, and the final two reveals were fantastic. Never would have expected them. And neither do we, Ryan, or Travis. <laughs> <laughs> You're the same person to me, basically. You, I, wow. Yeah. I'm side bitch one. He's two. Yeah, that's true. Travis, know your place. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. And uh, who is this? Toast My Love. It says Iceland. Nice. I, I feel bad because I don't know that. I, I don't really know what who that's associated with as far as a person, but. Was Toast My Love? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thank you for writing in, Toast, my love. I appreciate it. I heard your country's beautiful. We didn't get any uh, emails this week, Ryan. Okay. But what we do have is hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last week, mentioned it in the beginning of the show. Chuck Klosterman, friend of the show, big supporter of the show, he uh, show. Ha- has this little blurb here that I'm going to read through before we get into this. Ryan and I are going to do 10 of these an episode. If we want to do two, do our second round of manure. And then come back and finish the rest, the eight. Because Dad left like 20 minutes ago. We can do that. Um, but yeah, so what, we're not going to do these every, like, we probably won't do these 10 every episode for the next five episodes because there's 50 of them. Mm-hmm. But maybe when we have a week to just kind of, like, we can't prepare for an episode or something, we don't have a topic to talk about, we'll just do some hypotheticals for you. Cool. Here we go. 
Some people are extremely good at making small talk. These people are better known as idiots. These are the kind of humans who can talk to a stranger for 40 minutes without learning anything essential about who that stranger is. They talk about the weather, about other people, and they mention what kind of car they drive and how old their children are. They have conversations in public that are ultimately no different than silence in an empty room. I refuse to be that kind of person. I refuse to make small talk. I refuse, he goes on. I don't care what the situation is or what the protocol is supposed to be. I see no value in asking someone a friendly, non-adversarial question if neither party cares what the answer is. Instead, I prefer to ask questions where the solution is irrelevant. I pose hypothetical questions about how one answers the query matters far more than the literal conclusion. There's no right answer to these kinds of questions. The end never matters. What matters is how you get to the end. What matters is how you think, not what you think. This deck represents those questions. If these questions seem absurd or boorish or juvenile, that's totally fine. Don't read them and don't answer them. We don't need to be friends. <laughs> we are not the same. But if you want to find out who other people really are, these are the conversations you need to have. And you need to have them now. Prepare to become more interesting. Prepare yourself. All right, Ryan. The first one. I'm very much along those same lines. I don't like small talk. Um, unfortunately, it is a part of business, so I have to do it most of the time. But ultimately, it is kind of, in my opinion, a waste of time. I'd rather get to know someone. Yeah. No, I agree. So... First question, Ryan. The honesty room. All right. You ready? Yes. Someone builds a paranormal honesty room. Within the walls of this room, it is impossible for anyone to tell lies or avoid answering whatever questions they are asked. This, This same inventor also creates a memory loss drug that is released into the air inside the honesty room as an airborne mist. What this means is that people who enter the honesty room will not remember what they said, what questions they were asked, or even what they were ever there for, or even that they were ever there. The only antidote to the memory drug, memory loss drug is a pill, and you have this pill. So, in essence, you have access to a room where every guest who enters will tell you the absolute truth about anything, and then immediately forget what they were asked and what they said. But you will retain everything you learn. You are inside this honesty room, Ryan, with your parents. What do you ask them? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Was I a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, they don't pull anything. These are ridiculous, by the way. You think? Yeah. Um, what do I ask them? I think I would... I mean, I think one of them would be what it's because I don't think I've ever asked my parents this is what's your biggest regret in life, whether it's when they were younger or, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it was. Like, what's one of your biggest regrets in life? Um, I don't think I want to know the answer to that. You think they say you? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Um, No, I... I could see where that would be going, so I don't want to ask that because, like... The past is the past. Yeah, verbalizing some things, it's not so much knowing that's the problem, it's the long-term having it in your mind to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, that's really difficult. Hmm. I would ask, 
I guess it's along the same lines. What would you have done differently? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. It, it's not so much what do you regret because it's like, that's like a specific event. What would you have done differently? Doesn't necessarily bring up the past, but it sets them on a different fork in the road. Okay. So it's not hey, here's something like hey, Lauren sucks. I wish I didn't have her kind of thing. But uh-huh. it's like hey, maybe I should have gone after this career opposed to like going having a family, and I think this would have happened. Yeah. Like it's more so. Do you, you want to talk to Mike? You're like, not am even, I not? Yeah, you're like oh, okay. looking sideways. Yeah. Um, I it, know the fridge is pretty intriguing it, back then. I was actually looking at your Cheerios. <laughs> 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 and like the time that, because your press start button just keeps scrolling. So I was watching that. Um, yeah. So it, it's less room for me to have like long-term scarring. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of get at those deeper thoughts that they would have. Yeah. It's more of a safety yeah. mechanism. My um my family operates kind of oddly. Like we are very open books with one another. Yeah. Probably to like a your mom <laughs> unnecessary degree at times. Like it's yeah, a little too much. Yep. So I think I would stick with the what do you regret most question for them. So. Okay. Next one? Yes. The next one, Ryan, is the musical reversal. Here we go. Assume everything about your musical tastes was reversed overnight. Everything you once loved, you now hate. Everything you once hated, you now love. For example, if your favorite band has always been R.E.M., they will suddenly sound awful to you. They will become the band you dislike the most. By the same token, if you've never been remotely interested in the world of Yes and Jethro Tull, those two groups will instantly seem fascinating. If you generally dislike jazz today, you'll generally like jazz tomorrow. If you're currently consider the first album by Verica Salt to be slightly above average, you'll abruptly find it to be slightly below average. Everything will become its opposite, but everything will remain in balance, and the rest of your personality will remain unchanged. So in all likelihood, you won't love music any less or any more than you do right now. There will still be artists you love and who make you happy. They will all be the artists you currently find unlistenable. Now, I concede that you that this transformation will make you unhappy, but explain why. Why it make me unhappy? Yeah. Well, right now I hate Kanye West because him as a person is a horrible human being and his music sucks. Um, so switching from what I like, which is more techno music, which is more, give it it's, gives me a lot of energy. There's nothing really stupid or provocative about it it's just more a baseline that keeps me happy Mm -hmm. um switching to kanye who's just a complete tool of a human and his like degrading lyrics millennials worship him dude like which is really sad oh i know so like like that the i guess the question was why i get angry about it it's because then i would be lumped in with the group of people who see that as a norm mm mm-hmm Right, I I don't want to be associated with Kanye West and listening to him would, if I enjoyed it, I would, I mean, I I don't find like musicians and things to be heroes generally, but a lot of people do find like, hey, I really identify with this pop star, like Selena Gomez or whatever the hell. But so like if your heroes are doing stupid shit, like marrying, what's her face? Kim. Yeah, who is 
she's uh, popular because of her dad and because of her sex tape. I it's just that morale shift mm-hmm. from harmless techno music to be an asshole. Yeah, I would be disappointed in myself. Yeah, no, I feel this. I yeah, as, as far as it goes with Kanye West, we're on the same page there. For me, Plus, Spoon sucks, and I don't want to be associated with Spoon. Hey, Spoon. <laughs> Was played in I Love You, Man, okay? Great yeah. rom-com with uh, the girl from The Office. I forget her name. She wasn't. She had like a little fling with uh, John or Krasinski for a bit. And the show, of course, Jim. I can't remember her name. Uh, Paul Rudd's in it. Good movie. Anyways, if my musical shifts, musical taste shifted, I would be mortified because... Everyone knows how vocal I am about video game and music orchestral soundtracks Mm -hmm. and how I just love them so much because they make me feel so good about things. And when I'm at work, more often than not, I'm not listening to music with words because it's distracting for me. So I listen to the top 164 songs of all time. Or earlier this week, I was listening to a Mario Kart music compilation or... Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, those orchestral scores, more often than not, I love them because when I listen to them, I can remember specific periods of my life when I experienced and played those games or watched those movies. So basically it would destroy the medium of video games for you. It would very much do that and it would destroy a lot of memories for me. Like if I listened to that music and I just hated what I heard, I mean, first of all, yeah, it would destroy my love of what I love most about video games. Because it would, you couldn't get it atmospherically into those games because they'd be like, playing these scores for Breath of the Wild or whatever, and then you'd be like, oh, God, I really wish Kanye West was playing in the background when I... Or I would just mute it and play Kanye West, yeah, yeah. which would be stupid. But if I couldn't watch a movie like Interstellar, whoa, you just like <laughs> shook the whole <laughs> table. Just, just sit there, dude. You're good. I'm, I'm getting fidgety. I understand. Um, if I couldn't watch Interstellar and be mesmerized by certainly what would be going, what's going on on screen, but... How Han- Hans Zimmer makes you feel watching that movie with the music is is unbelievable. Yeah. And listening to that outside of the context of the film and still having those same feelings without being able to watch the movie is the work of a true artist, yeah. right? When I listen to Kanye West, I'm just nauseated. Like, I just feel sick to my stomach because I'm like, this is what today's generation of youth is being influenced by, and this is what they're striving to be which yeah. is sickening and yeah. so if i can't listen to my orchestral scores and dave mother effing grawl every day of my life i would be a sad human what's up listen to the foo fighters one of the greatest bands of all time that's fair yeah so i, I would agree i didn't even think of it destroying video games but it really would yeah yeah that's unfortunate let's do some more okay let's get up to five and then we can head over euphoria forever that's what this one's called Oh, this is interesting. Imagine the following three sensations. Chewing the f- and swallowing the first mouthful of your favorite food after starving yourself for 48 straight hours. The food is prepared perfectly. Situation two. Lying down on an especially cozy bed after 12 hours of non-stop physical labor and arguing about RFQs. Number three. Is that a real? Is that really? No. I was like, wow, that's really specific. (laughs) Request for quote for those that don't know. That's what Ryan does for a living. Situation three. (laughs) Holy shit. I was like, 
dude, whoa. This guy this knows me. Yeah. Are you there, <laughs> Jeff or Tony or whatever your name was? Chuck. Chuck. Situation three. The first moment of urinary release after having held a completely full bladder for more than 90 minutes. For the rest of your life, you will feel one of these three ways all the time. This is how you will always feel. 24 hours a day, you won't be doing the specific activity, but you'll always be experiencing the acts accompanying, accompanying euphoria. Which one will you select? So again, Ryan... Chewing and swallowing that food after not having eaten for 48 so hours. So I get the sensation of like dopamine from that action. Yeah. yeah. God, that's really hard. So because this, the, I think the one that I'd want the most, which isn't answering the question, is the laying down after 12 hours of labor. Because I've done that. Like, yeah. We've done, Dad and I, three loads of manure in a day. And we've done like twenty four hour or twenty four yards of dirt, ninety five degree weather, hundred percent humidity for like eight hours, and you're so exhausted, like you physically can't do anything. And then showering and laying in that bed is the <sighs> most amazing feeling because you physically can't move anymore. I think that's the best sensation out of those three. Um, I've had really good steak recently, and. It's amazing, like that taste, especially after not eating for a while, would be amazing. Um, I drink about a gallon and a half of water, so holding it and then peeing, also very satisfying. Mm -hmm. I, I find that if I were to be that comfortable all the time, though, for the sleep one, it would be detrimental. So say I want to go lifting and I'm super relaxed the entire time. Yeah, It's basically, or it would be counter to what i'm actually trying to accomplish but if you're trying to squat like 500 pounds and you have to pee like really really bad how's well, that gonna the, go for you what's well, the sensation of the peeing right? yeah oh that's right it's the release or the uh satisfaction from it mm -hmm. yeah me peeing while i'm squatting 500 pounds probably not appreciated um i think probably the food one okay yeah because like you know in dreams where you're you go up to like a urinal or something and you're like oh you get that release and then mm -hmm. you actually like pee yourself i mean that's what that's how it was <laughs> when you wet your bed back in the day yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the scenario it's like you're you're like pretending to go to the bathroom in your you dreams dream. and then you're like oh that release is so good and then you realize it's because you're releasing into the real world mm -hmm. i'd be afraid that you get that sensation all the time so you're like constantly like, dude, am I peeing myself or I'm just getting the sensation or the satisfaction of it? Mm -hmm. So I'd be afraid I'd be like peeing myself. And like in a workplace environment, peeing yourself is kind of like frowned upon a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah, it depends where you work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in graders and uh, peeing yourself is acceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the least harm to myself would be the food one. But I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I was definitely going to say because... There's like no better feeling than after like a really, really hard workout or working outside and you're sweaty as all heck. You get into like a nice, because when I'm like really sweaty and I have a hard workout, I'll take like a really lukewarm, almost borderline cold shower because it yeah. just feels so good in your skin. And this is also, we, we talked about making our beds last episode or the episode before. I also love having my bed, my med, <laughs> my bed made. <laughs> I'm like switching my letters. 
my bed mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. and like after a nice shower and just taking the covers off and just getting into the bed because when it's all ratty and things are all scattered all over yeah. the place it kind of just sliding in under the covers. Yeah, yeah that's just such a good feeling especially fresh sheets yeah with like a fluffed pillow yeah like that's but then when you were saying that feeling i think kind of would lead to like laziness in the workplace. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work out. So I can definitely see that. So I think I'd probably do the food thing as well. Yeah, because I'm thinking like I do intense negotiations and if I'm completely relaxed and not like ready to pounce, yeah. I'd be like, they're like, I hey, we can't give you money. It's like, dude, it's cool. Yeah, like, whatever. I'm good. Like, you good? Cool. Yeah. Like, I'd be super relaxed, and I think I'd be fired. Yeah. So, <laughs> I hear it. Yeah. Uh, so we've That's done three. three. All right, let's do two more. The countdown, Ryan. All right. You're presented with a strange challenge. Someone dares you to count backward from 300 to zero. If you succeed at this simple request, you'll be given $25,000 in cash. However, if you misspeak, get any digit incorrect, or make any mistake whatsoever, you will immediately be doused with gasoline and burned alive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you attempt this challenge? Uh, no. I don't either. I am risk adverse, like extremely risk adverse. Um, 300 is a long... I mean, to say 300 characters just in numerical order like not reversed would be hard mm-hmm. um and it is a long period of time to say it saying it in reverse like people say the alphabet in reverse is crazy to me I, so like counting down i can't count down from 100 without this is probably someone. uh not true but like i remember people saying like if you were pulled over for suspicious suspicions of being I drunk and that driving well. that they asked you to count or do the alphabet backwards i'm like i can't do that stone cold sober if i tried because i when I was organizing my bookshelf and my game shelf and movie shelf in alphabetical order, every single time, Ryan, I had to sing the alphabet song. Yeah, for when every I, letter before. For every letter before. Because there's no... I can't just say like, oh yeah, of course... Like the, Z, Y, X, I mean, of w. course I know that B comes before like S. But when you get to right. like... U, T, But S, when, you get to cons- R. when you get to consecutive num- or letters, I have no idea. I yeah. can't do that. So to do it backwards, I literally have to sing the alphabet 26 A-B-B. times to try and get to the, to the back letter. Yeah. And like when I do the alphabet, I'm like X, Y, N, Z. I say, I say N, yeah. but it's and, and that's screwed me up for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's two N's in our alphabet, apparently. There is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I would be so dead. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way I could do and that. And I've watched those like, those monks who protest by lighting themselves on fire in the streets does not look fun. No, probably not. Yeah. And I heard burning alive is a really hard way to go. It's one of my most feared ways of going is like being in a house fire, sleep, falling asleep through it, um, waking up mid flame. Like that would be terrifying. Yeah. So, this next one, Ryan, uh, what was it called? Grizzly weather. Okay. Kind of like what we're going to get here in a couple hours. Yes. Think of someone who is your friend. Rusty. Do not select your best friend, though. Not Rusty. But make sure the person is someone you would classify as considerably more than an acquaintance. Maybe like Travis. Travis. <laughs> now, this friend I met is... him once. So good. <laughs> it's kind of an acquaintance. He's a good guy. This friend is going to be attacked by a grizzly bear. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, now, this person will survive this bear attack. That is guaranteed. There's 100% chance that your friend will live. 
However, the extent of his injuries is unknown. He might receive nothing but a few superficial scratches, but he might also lose a limb or multiple limbs. He might recover completely in 24 hours with nothing with a great nothing but a great story, or he might spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Somehow, you have the ability to stop this attack from happening. You can magically save your friend from the bear, but his salvation will come at a particular price. If you choose to stop the bear, it will always rain. For the rest of your life, wherever you go, it will be raining. Sometimes it will pour, and sometimes it will drizzle, but it will never not be raining. But it won't rain over the totality of the earth, nor will the hydro hydrolog hydrological hydrological there you go cycle be disrupted. These storm clouds will be isolated, and they will focus entirely on your specific whereabouts. You will never see the sun again. Do you stop the bear and accept a lifetime of rain, or do you let the bear attack Travis, have sunshine, but you don't know the extent of his injuries? It's bad now that we named it as Travis. I know. Attacked by a bear. We shouldn't have. Um, if it's generic friend, good luck with the bear. Yeah. But um, that's a really hard one because there's conf rain is not bad. Like it's relaxing. But I know I have sad very much in the winter. It's the seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the sun's not out there. You don't get a lot of vitamin D, and you get really down and like depressed. So, without seeing the sun or, like, it's not necessarily the concept of the rain that's the problem. It's just the lack of sun. And having that all year round, I would not do well. No, I'm the same term. way. There's another question. I don't know if we'll get it today that's very similar to this as far as sunlight and seeing it. Um, it's pretty much essential for me. I'm a very easily affected person emotionally by things. I mean, Lauren Gons hard enough, but... Just having sunlight, and now that we have this new place, it's so nice to be able to open the screen door and walk out on this balcony and just to feel the sun. You know, hear the people over at the pool just making noise, listening to music. Like, that just makes, that can instantly change my mood. Not that yeah. I'm like bipolar, I'm not. But, um, but yeah, it, it I mean, has. Besides screaming at me this morning. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> but it is tremendously. Um... What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> It has a tremendous effect, uh, and I would definitely let Travis be eaten by a bear. Yeah, I I think the variability between... Well, when he's going to survive. Yeah, the, we're just kidding, Travis. Yeah, the variability between barely scratched and, like, mauled without, arms. like, a limb or whatever is so vast that I think... Statistically, it's better to like, hey, I might get to a point in my depression where it's like, hey, should I jump off a cliff today? Yeah. After years of not seeing the sun. Like, mm -hmm. I think I'd get there. Yeah. Uh, and the state that we live in is not one known for its consistent sunlight. No. But like, I think that would be like potentially long term. There isn't a 100% chance that I'd be alive through a bear attack or like the equivalent of my side of that. Mm -hmm. So I would say because there's so much variability in the like scratch to limb loss, that's a better uh, route to take. I agree completely. Because, I mean, you could get a deep cut and you, you're in a cast, or like you could lose a finger or two, but, I mean, 
And just That's think of it this way, Travis. Let's just say you lose both your hands and you can no longer play Hollow Knight. I'll come over to your house one day every year. You name the date. I'll let you pick it. And I'll play through Hollow Knight just for you. And we'll, we'll let you watch us play uh, Fractured Butthole. Yeah, exactly. And not Hollow Knight. I mean, Travis, <laughs> you should honestly just be thanking the bear. I mean, you're really the w- real winner here. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the, um, was it not Deliverance? That's the one in the South. The one with, um, what's his face with that bear attack? Um, the dude who's in Titanic. Oh, the Revenant. Revenant. DiCaprio. That one is not how your bear attack's going to go. Yeah. So I need to watch that movie. That is a brutal scene. Yeah, well, Lauren's gone still, so I'll... Don't watch that with Lauren gone. Like, that one would not be good for your... Let's keep it upper mood. But you think Lauren's going to want to watch that movie? Yeah, I oh. think she would. Okay, I'll probably watch it by myself. Okay, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Do you want to keep going? Keep. It's up to you. Yeah, he'll be here in like 20 minutes. That's fine. He was going to plant some plants. He's cool with that. All right, what do you want to do next? The price of sex appeal, prison culture, the dress code, homeless boulevard, or earth versus the moon? Price of sex appeal. All right, let's do it. You got sex sells. You got to do it. You meet a wizard in downtown Chicago. The wizard tells you he can make you more attractive if you pay him money. Okay. When you ask him how this process works, the wizard points to a random person on the street. You look at this random stranger. The wizard says, I'll now make him $1 more attractive. He waves his magic wand. Ostensibly, this person does not change at all. As far as you can tell, nothing is different. But somehow, this person is suddenly a little more appealing. The tangible difference is invisible to the naked eye. But you can't deny that this person is vaguely sexier. This wizard has a weird rule, though. You can only pay him once. You can't keep giving him money until you're satisfied. You can only pay him one lump sum up front. How much cash do you give the wizard, Ryan? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I mean, my first instinct would be to understand how the scaling works. If it's like exponential for like, but that's just my analytical. I figured that would be your response. Is, is it a diminishing returns kind of scaling on? I could basically max out my increases at like a hundred bucks and it's downhill. Like say a hundred dollars is equal to a hundred and 300 is equal to 110. Right. If it's that kind of scaling, I do a hundred dollars. Um, I am never going to be like celebrity attractive because they could always scale a lot higher than like paying a wizard. So I'd probably like 5,000. Okay. Whatever I'm willing to lose financially. Okay. A couple things to keep in mind here. Number one, Rusty's already married, so he's already going downhill. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no reason to go up at this point, right? Yeah. So that's the first I'm thing. I'm sure to keep Lauren in mind. will agree. Oh, she would. Yeah, she'd keep. I mean, she, listen, I think you said you could go three years, you know, not working and still have a decent salary. Yeah. I could pretty much go the rest of my life going downtown, and I'm still. I'm still going to be doing all right. I mean, just look at this guy. Well, my, my thing is, I think 5000 I was going to do some investing with, like, on my own, do research, see if I could do it. And I think the $5,000 was what I was willing to lose. Okay. So for my hypothetical, financially, for, like, what I want, liquidity, for room for investing, and, like, assets and everything, 5000 is my play around money. Yeah. So 
I'd say 5,000 is what I'm willing to lose on a wizard, a yeah. sexy wizard. Yeah. Ian McKellen. Oh, God. If, just give me him. Yeah. I, so I think number two thing to keep in mind is I just don't, I don't find value in, I guess this, isn't tech, this is him snapping his fingers in your, like plastic surgery. I mean, it's, it's just, There's too much risk. It's, yeah. And, and it's just not attractive at all. Like I don't, no. I don't find any, like you look at someone like Courtney Cox, right? Yes. She was what's her face in Friends. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston's best friend. And she looks like a Barbie now, right? Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston is in her fifties and she's like a goddess. She's had some plastic surgery though. Mm, I don't know about that. Maybe she has, but her face does it, if she has, it's not recognizable. The ver- yeah. The variability in the outcomes of them. Like I was watching botched I was looking up botched plastic surgery. Because I'm thinking of getting plastic surgery. I figured. Yeah, you know. You could use a little touch-up on your nose. <laughs> I'll get a bonus. And Maybe in like, your ears, too. Maybe well, those, like, yeah. you get those, like, the people with the huge lips because they just, like, they're puffing them up or whatever, and they look like monstrosities after. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, that doesn't make sense. But if it's the equivalent of one, aesthetically, I don't look any different, but it's a multiplier that's just perceived multiplier, there's no risk to my actual physical form, which is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar... I don't know why he's more attractive. He didn't physically change, but perceive perception is reality. So the dollar perception increase, like I wouldn't turn into, there was one where it just, I don't want to look it up. That takes too much time. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm superficial as shit. Yeah, you are. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I was going to play the game, I'd, I'd throw 500 bucks. Okay. See what happens. You yeah. know? So, get rid of some dark circles. Yeah, dark circles a little bit. Maybe, maybe completely perfect my vision so I never have to wear glasses again. Yeah, I can see. I that. do like my glasses though. Um, I think they're stylish. Yeah, I'll have the wooden. Yeah, the sexy librarian look going on. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. I have the wooden frames, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool look, but but also just for the sake of working out is it's I don't like having them on because the risk of them falling off and yeah. breaking and things like that. Something so. about dropping a bar on your eyes and then shattering and spearing yourself. I'd worry about my skull shattering at that point, but or like breaking my nose, but you know, whatever. That's true. But like glass in the eye. Oh, yeah. If, I uh, mean, because you, shat- you drop it on your, sure, your nose will be broken, but you got impaled by glass. That so probably wouldn't be tw- whatever your vision is, like 25 yeah. versus impaled eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give Ian McKellen 500 bucks. Let him do his magic. Yeah. What's up? Cool. Ian. Let's just keep going with these, Ryan. Sounds good. Prison culture. This is this next one. All right. A totally innocent <coughs> man is sent to prison for 25 years, all for a crime he didn't commit. The DNA evidence that indisputably proves his innocence does not emerge until he's completed his full sentence. During those 25 years in prison, he kills three other inmi- inmates, sells drugs, is tangentially involved with the rape of another prisoner, mercilessly abuses a canine police dog. That's crossing the line right there. The other ones I could forgive, bro. Except for rape. Rape is unforgivable in my opinion. It is. I was making a terrible joke. screwing with dogs, like, you can watch a World War II movie for, like, the beach, but if you kill a dog, like, it's, you're like, it's just, it's the wine, I think. Like the yelp? Yeah, you get, like, desensitized to, like, not saving Private Ryan because that's gruesome, but, like, John Wick, like guy one out of like a hundred people they kill, you're like, okay, another yeah. person died. But if they kick a dog, yeah, 
Okay, so let's just like re- the first recap. During those 25 years in prison, he kills other three, three other inmates, sells drugs, is tangentially involved with the rape of another prisoner. You're right, that's terrible, and disregard what I said. That did not mean that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we skipped over that. Maybe the murder. Mercilessly abuses a canine police dog and steals food from other inmates on a regular basis. However, he was never caught doing any of these illegal acts. Upon his release from prison, he openly admits to doing all of these things. In fact, he brags about these activities to the media. Prison is a different culture, he explains. I did what I had to do to survive. You are head of the penal system. You have just learned of this man's wrongful imprisonment and about all the terrible things he did while in jail. Do you release him back into society, or do you attempt to charge him with the new crimes he claims to have committed during his prison stay? I mean, I would corroborate that with did three prison inmates die during his stay? Is this bring bring him around the K nine dog and see how the dog reacts? Yeah. Without without the inmates having the knowledge that he's blabbering all this information, go to the inmate that he said he raped. Ask him, have you ever been raped in this place? Yeah. Have three people in a room with him being one, point to the person that raped you. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I would not let him out into society. I would try to convict him on something else. Definitely. My, I take a hard stance when it comes to rape. I think they should be put to death, but that's more of my, like, their death is one thing, murder, but, like, the long-term suffering consequences from that is some, in most cases, worse mm-hmm. than death because death sometimes is a release. Yeah. No, I think it is. Of suffering and... Yeah, I, that's more of a like extreme kind of Eastern take on it, or like an Old Testament kind of approach to it. If you, but um, oh, I would not let him leave. No, I feel the, I feel the exact and same he way. Punched a puppy. Yeah. So that's also a thing. Yeah, I agree. This man needs to go back in the can. Yeah, I don't know if capital punishment is where it'd go, but he shouldn't leave. Yep. He should maybe solitary confinement, so he can't do anything bad. Just stick him in a hole. Yeah. Yeah. The dress code, Ryan, is this next All one. All right. You work in an office performing a job that you find satisfying. Ryan can relate. And which compensates <laughs> you adequately. Ryan can oh. also relate. The company that employs you is suddenly purchased by an eccentric millionaire who plans to immediately raise each person's salary by 5%. And extend an extra week of vacation to all full-time employees. Mm. However, this new owner intends to enforce a somewhat radical dress code. Every day, men will have to wear tuxedos, tails, and top hats. During the summer months, male employees will be allowed to wear gray three-piece suits on quote-unquote casual Fridays. Women, Women must exclusively work in formal wear, preferably ball gowns or prom dresses. Each employee will be given an annual $1,500 stipend to purchase necessary garments, but that money can only be spent on work-related clothes. The new regimen, or new regime, starts in three months. Do you seek employment elsewhere? Well. Considering you wear the same thing every single day, this would be a radical change for you. Yeah, but I could wear, like, I mean, it'd still be the same thing. It would just be, I get hot really easily. Oh, yeah, I would be sweating out the wazoo. Yeah, there was a study where they were basically showing good temperatures for males versus females. And they're saying women are, say, like, guys thrive at, like, 65 degrees. And raising it up to 75, because women get cold really easily, they had a 15% increase in their productivity 
moving from the, like the 65 to 75. Mm. But the guys were 3% less productive. And 75, I'd be sweating. Yeah, for in sure. In a workplace with like uniform on. Like we're wearing sleeveless stuff. And I'm guessing your place is like 70 I'm sweating. Something. Yeah, well, because I don't have the air conditioning going on. So. Yeah. So that might be really hot. I'd give it a try. Um, First of all, let's go back to the to the thing that says you get a 5% raise. That's it. That's nothing. $1,500 stipend, I don't think, would be enough to cover tuxedos. Tuxedos are really expensive. Yeah, it's stupid. You could maybe re-wear stuff. I'm just trying to see what that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm piecing for sure. Like, I like wearing what I like. I'm, I'm confident yeah. and comfortable in the clothes that I wear currently. I don't, I don't need to be looking like, you know, shopping at Barney's and getting like three-piece suits. Yeah. I mean, tuxedos are... That's like super formal wear. Like a suit, I get it. Yeah. But tuxes are, what, only weddings? Yeah. Not even weddings. We wore suits to your wedding. The Oscars. Yeah. I'm not accepting awards for... All right. Let's just go to the next one, Ryan. Okay. We're both a, a negative on that, right? Yeah. I, I, I think I'll try anything once in most reasonable regards, and I'd probably try it. I'd fluff up my uh, wardrobe a bit mm-hmm. for That's sure, true. but five percent is not close. Maybe ten or fifteen. But yeah, I'd probably spend that five percent on just getting that formal wear for the first year. That's true. Homeless Boulevard. Okay. You encounter a boulevard filled with homeless people, human waste, and dried blood. There are at least fifty people lying in the street: men, women, teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of summer, and none of them have been bathed, or none, none of them have bathed in weeks. Sounds like California. A few are crackheads. Most are intoxicated. A handful, a handful are mentally insane. All are hungry and desperate. Suddenly, you are granted an incredible capability. If you have unprotected intercourse with any of these individuals, right then and there, immediately on the sidewalk in public, you will end worldwide homelessness forever. Within five years, no one will ever be homeless again. And everyone will know it was because of your selflessness. However, if you elect not to do this, no one will ever know you had this opportunity. Uh, you will not be held accountable for choosing to do nothing. Do you do this? You can select the homeless person you will have sex with. Yeah, I do it. Would you? Yeah. I think I, I would too, because you look at the potential um, repercussions and... I think the most notable and alarming one would be you get a sexual, you know, STD. You get a sexually transmitted disease, potentially AIDS. But and if potentially addicted to, uh, no, that's not how that works. No, you'd have you'd have a baby. Yeah. The baby would be. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, my marriage aside, right? I think Lauren would, for the amount of lives for destroyed, the amount of deaths, the everything. I think Lauren, not speaking for Lauren. Or Rusty having sex with someone outside of marriage or inside of marriage. Um, I think she'd be cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Solving homelessness. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's, uh, I mean, that's almost as big as like solving world hunger, which is a huge, like, a, I mean, I think they're, if you look at this, honestly, scene, closely aligned, right? I mean, yeah. homeless, world hunger, I mean, they, they kind of go, certainly there's a whole population of, of people in other countries that, yeah. If, if you look up the statistic, I was surprised. I looked it up. I just don't remember it. The statistic on the percent or the amount of people who are like malnutrition or malnourished, malnourished or suffering from starvation, like 
in current times, it's staggering. I I can imagine. And like homelessness is pretty bad. I I think, yeah, I would easily do this one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, Ryan, this one's called Earth versus the Moon. This is the last one. All right. You have won a prize. Cool. The prize is two options, and you can choose either of them, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. Seems promising. The second option is 10 minutes on the moon. Which option do you choose? Europe, right? I mean, that's that's like a no-brainer. That's really hard. $2,000 is not a big stipend. But a year there? You said you can go three years without even working and you'd still be fine. Yeah, but Europe's significantly more expensive than, like, rural. But how often are you going to get time to go to Europe for a year? I mean, besides college study abroad programs... How many people have ever been to the moon? Yeah. like, five people? Well, after Trump's been in office for a second term, man, everyone's going to be up on the moon. Yeah, that's, gonna be a, that's what he's saying. Let's revive. It's going to be a big raging party. Hell, even Mars. No, um, oh God. I would love, I mean, as much as I'd love to go to Europe and just explore and do everything, I think the experience of being in space and being on the moon and that would, money can't buy that. Money can buy Europe for a year. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to, sure, I could go to Europe for a year if I really wanted. But I would rather go to the moon for 10 minutes than I would. Because you won't ever get that opportunity. Not in our lifetime. Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, it would just be amazing to see Earth. Yeah. You know, look back and see the planet that you've inhabited. Oh, God, look at how flat it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, but to look back and see the planet and just... How have I inhabited that globe for 20-odd years Mm -hmm. of existence? And how long human life and life in general has been inhabiting this planet? And then being able to look elsewhere in the galaxy for as far as the human eye can see. And it would seemingly go on forever. And just that would be so overwhelming. I can't even begin to comprehend what would be going through your mind. I'd probably pass out the first 30 seconds. And then I'd wake up and be in a hospital bed... Inside back, of space back on back on Earth or something like Russ, you passed out, man. You really well, you done messed up. Well, they everyone talks about these euphoric trips that they have, going into the mountains and just awe inspiring stuff. Looking back and seeing, hey, that's our planet, or looking at as you're jumping around in this low gravity, looking at the universe. I mean, talk about awe inspiring. Like that's our globe. Yeah, that would be euphoric it really would be i don't think there's anything as far as feelings go that could ever compare to that yeah and i i think i'd give up a year in europe which i mean we could see a bunch of civilizations the remnants of the roman empire all of europe's great cathedrals and things which would be amazing and i would definitely want to see but there we will never get the opportunity to be 10 minutes on a different planet or i guess it's just a a satellite of our planet looking back at our planet yeah and it was what like 230,000 miles away i don't even know the distance <laughs> it's something like that and so speaking of that though this is a big deal breaker for me is as long as cuz it doesn't specify here and i know am i wearing a suit 
No, no, no. I, I don't care about any of that. But as long as I'm conscious for the journey to and from, I'd probably do that. Just to be able to see, you know, launching off, traveling into the sky, leaving the atmosphere, entering space, and just seeing that contrast between Earth and the atmosphere versus space itself. I need to be able to visualize that and see that and be awake for that. Unless the return journey is like Apollo 13, which was just a disaster. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's... In- I think it's like best case scenario yeah, for, for sure. all the trips. Yep, safe to and from. Yeah, I would definitely pick the moon. I think I probably would too. That's I convinced you? You did, you did, <laughs> yeah, you did. Um. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I think we need to end the podcast. All right. Like forever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So we're done with this. We're we're only doing ten, and this is our last to talk about this. I guess we're not making it to fifty. We almost made it. Yeah, this is a strong close. run. You really kind of stop when you're ahead, Ryan. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and that should have been like thirty episodes ago. And like Drake says, you're uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here. That's right. So quasi- his Raptors won. Cousin twice removed. What? Yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, congrats, Toronto. Yeah. So. Apparently, basketball started in Canada, and now they're finally winning something. Really? Yeah. So that was a thing. Interesting. Peach baskets, I think, is what they were using back in the day. <laughs> no, yeah. for real. I think that was a thing. Was it? Yeah. They used like peach baskets as the actual baskets to play the game. Yeah. Okay. The mm-hmm. Mayans used like these little round rings that they'd kick balls through on like the walls, hmm. and they'd kill each other after. Well, as I opened the show saying this is an educational <laughs> program, yeah. I end the show Welcome. with an educational lesson about the Mayans. Thank you for listening to Otaka Brothers. If you want to write into the show, Otaka Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Ari Lewis2011, updates about the show, when it's going out, topics we're going to be doing, all that fun stuff. Ryan, any parting words? Nope, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed them. Hopefully, you guys did too. Now like, you get to know how corrupted we think. Yeah, our- exactly. A little better insight into our brains. Let us know what you think about these. Again, we have 40 still to do. And if you're enjoying them, We'll keep doing them. Um, if not, tough shit. <laughs> We're doing them anyway. It's our freaking show. Yeah. Piss off. <laughs> Go back to your state or country or wherever the hell. All right. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we'll see you all next week for episode 49 of the Talking Brothers. See ya. Later. Later.